freelancers, there are three types of taxes. The withholding tax, you are being withhold by your clients. That is around 5% or 10%. It depends on the income activity. And then there is value-added tax if you're VAT registered or percentage tax if you're non-VAT registered. And then there is income tax return. Welcome to Where the F Am I Heading? The podcast where meaningful conversations take place as we traverse the complicated life of adulthood. If you feel lost and troubled, our show aims to help shed some light on your life's concerns. Join your hosts, Ruth and Irene. Let's talk adulting. If you were here last time, you would have listened to our episode with our guest today, Vian Santillan. And last time we talked about Money Matters. It's the Minimalist Financial Advisor. But for today's episode, we are going to talk about taxation for self-employed or small business owners. So this is something new and definitely we will learn a lot. Yes, and this is something that Ruth and I really need and a lot of you listeners as well because most of you are freelancers or small business owners that doesn't know where to start with processing your taxes. And we will welcome Vien today. Hi, Vien. Hello, hello. All right, Vien, welcome to the show again. Vien, can you tell us your background? What do you do, your profession, so our listeners can have an idea? I'm Vien Santillan. I founded Millennial Startup PH and the Minimalist Financial Advisor. So I am a tax accountant by profession and a licensed financial advisor at the same time. My goal before starting this kind of profession is that in order for me to guide the startup businesses, because I had witnessed from all of my clients how difficult it was for them to really deal with taxes. So it has been my commitment for almost 10 to 11 years on the tax industry. Some of those friends that I have are really not into taxes. So it was foreign to them that someone dedicated their life in taxes. So as I had witnessed for from all of those clients, anxiety has been with them when it comes to taxes. But it's really easy. Taxes is really easy as long as you are really literate in the process. Okay, let's talk about, because I remember when we were recording the last episode, you mentioned something really important about filing your tax. It's not just something that as an important thing, but it is our duty to the country. So that's the reason why we thought of having this kind of conversation so people would know and have a guide. Because honestly, it's so difficult if you're an independent contractor or you're self-employed, it's so hard to, you know, to go around the, the process of filing and all that. And especially for those who have worked in the corporate world for a long time, we normally depend on the HR or, you know, the management to do that stuff. But the moment you step out of the corporate world, you have to do your thing. So let's start first for freelancers. So let's say I just started doing freelance work. Do I need to file and pay taxes? Okay, before we start with the with the process, I would like to, to share about why do we need to file taxes? So why do we need to register? 
based on my experience, I've been in the industry for almost 11 years. So based on what I had witnessed from all of almost all of us taxes had been a constant in our life so almost every movement of our lives are being taxed so if you earn an income from something you are required or obliged to file your own taxes so that's basically the standard in our government but it was not being monitored thoroughly so that's why other people can can escape filing taxes but if you have a purpose, for example, you need to travel abroad or loan, you need to file your own taxes because it is being required as a documentary requirement. So yun, why do we need to file taxes? Because it helps the country function. So all of the projects that we need to in order to live efficiently are coming from taxes. It is just so heartbreaking because it was not used thoroughly. We we cannot witness. But we are required as a citizen of the country, we are required to file taxes. So the process about that, that is first, you should identify where is your income source coming from. So if it's from the business, you should have a documentary requirements that are necessary in order to prove that you are in a business. So you should file first at DTI or SEC. But if you're a self-employed or a licensed professional, PRC or any other exam certification are, are just enough to register with the BIR. And then that certification and the valid IDs, you'll bring it to the BIR and then they'll process the registration. After that, you'll need to file quarterly, monthly or annual taxes. So that's a process. If you are a licensed professional, all you need to do is file it in BIR. Is that right? Yes, yes. No need to apply to DTI? Mm, yes. There are many types of registration that you can choose. Either self-employed, professional, sole proprietor, and then partnership, domestic corporation, one-person corporation, and cooperative. All of those has different requirements. But if you're a freelancer and a licensed professional, you can apply as a self-employed. So all you need is the certification that, that you are a licensed professional. Or if you apply as a self-employed, you can opt to register your business name or not. So you, all you need is your name and then certification from a client that you are. For example, you're a virtual assistant you're not really required to register with the DTI as long as uh, if you have a brand, you, you need to register with the DTI, Department of Trade and Industry, your business name, so so that no one can, can get it from you. And then you can use your name so to register with the BIR, Bureau of Internal Revenue. So all you need is a certification from a client that you're a virtual assistant. For example, you're a virtual assistant of Irene. Irene can make a certification or you can make the certification and then she can sign that she is your client. And then you can present it with the BIR together with your valid IDs and proof of residence. So that's all you need to register with the BIR if you're a freelancer or even an online seller. But online sellers need to register with the DTI because they have a business name, most of them. So that's very interesting because I've known a lot of freelancers that actually wanted to register themselves but doesn't know where to start in the process. There's a lot of information online, but then there's just too much information that it contradicts everything, you know? 
and the the whole process of going to BIR and it takes like you have to take a day off some kind of situation that is not easy for them so the only thing they have to do is at least go to BIR but is there any specific amount of income every month that you need to reach no as long as you are earning an income you can declare whatever income you have received within the month you are required to to register with the BIR regardless of your income but you are exempted from taxes you need to file quarterly taxes but you don't have any tax due if your income is below 250,000 because that's a for personal exemption above 250,000 that's where income tax bracket starts that's 250,000 a month or a year a year okay yeah and so when you file and then, of course, let's say you're exempted to the tax, you will still get this ITR, right? The income tax return, the paper and everything with the number. Yes, yes. Filing is required if you are already registered with the BIR. The tax due will only depend on the amount of income you have after 250000 So you are required to file quarterly, but the tax due depend on the net income after personal exemption. So how about, let's say you earn 251000 Are you taxable? Yes, yes. The 1000 is taxable mm. at around 20%. So our tax in Philippines is 20%. Yes, it started with 20%. Why when I was working there, it was 35 What happened? <laughs> if you reach around 500 to 600 that's 32%. Oh. <laughs> Will the bracket, like, I can't remember the term, but... Like the exception, whether you're um, head of the family or married, the tax bracket for that would apply as well. That has been eliminated already. So everyone oh. gets the 250,000 personal exemption, regardless of your status. So this one started 2016? 2015. 18, 19. 18. Oh, so it's, it's actually new. Ah, that's why, because I was, wasn't in the Philippines yet. Yeah. <laughs> <I wasn't aware. laughs> yes. this, if you are single you i think you pay more before that was before so you mentioned that all we need is a certification from the client so does it mean that they would accept a certificate even if the client is from outside the philippines yes yes that is only a proof that you are really in that position in that industry so let's say the income is from upwork or yeah, or PayPal. How the government would know that you're earning money from there, from Upwork? It can be traced, and then most of the time, the the basis of the BIR is the receipts that you had issued. Regarding the tax rate that would apply, so you said that it would start at twenty percent if you're earning more than two hundred fifty thousand per year. What's the next bracket? How would we know the rate that we have to follow? There is a certain memorandum from the BIR about the listings of the personal income tax rates. So they can refer to that. It has been publicly published. Everyone can refer to that. And then if you are using the EBIR, everyone are required to use the EBIR form. Those are automatically computed in the system. So the tax due is automatically computed. As long as you don't pay beyond deadline, you should pay before deadline so that 
you don't need to be, to go to the BIR to to have the exact tax due. So whatever is con- computed in the EBIR form, that's a tax due you need to pay to the bank or even the online payments. So the EBIR is online, like a like a website. It's an offline system from the BIR. You need to install it in your laptop, but you can install it in MacBooks. It can be installed in Google Chrome, but only in Windows. So if you have a business, you really need that as well, I think. Yes, yes. You need to register your business because some of the clients would look for an official receipt. And then there's a penalty if someone will report your business activity to the BIR. So the penalty would start at around 10000 or 50000 if someone would report or depends on the income activity. So my question, I think this is a bit naughty, but this is related to tax. So let's say I'm a sugar baby. Sugar baby? <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, no, this is just, you see, there's a lot of people, a lot of yes. girls are earning money in Philippines. The money <laughs> is coming from the sponsors or sugar daddies uh, yes, from yes. abroad. They should know how to file their tax. I mean, it's still taxable, isn't it? <laughs> to earn money from your sugar I haven't daddy. heard any revenue regulation about that. <laughs> okay, so I can have as much sugar daddy as I can. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. <laughs> yes, okay, and it's not taxable. <laughs> I haven't, but but the BIR can trace your bank activity about the AMLA. That's where they can get in. What is AMLA? Anti-money laundering. If there's an unusual activity in your bank account and then you don't have any business declared, that's where BIR can get in. Into your peaceful life. <laughs> you have to choose. Am I going to choose the sugar daddy or BIR? <laughs> yeah. They have a saying, right? Like, there's two things you cannot escape in life. Tax and death. And, yes. and, and you better deal with tax because death will come on its own. As they said, in one of the seminars that I had attended with the Bureau of Internal Revenue, they said that they are in all occasions of our lives. In our birthday, they are there. The BIR is there. In our wedding, in our death, they are there. That's the only constant in life, death and taxes. And are gifts taxable? Yes, yes. There are what you call tax on gifts. So what's the example of gift that is taxable? I haven't encountered yet any tax from gifts, but there are some memorandum about that. Only gift that exceeds some threshold. But the, the usual gifts are, are not taxable. Those items that we had bought for gifts are already taxed 12% VAT, so there's no need to double tax. I want to go back to the freelancing side. So, for example, I have multiple clients from all around the world. So, should I file all of them or or report? What's the right term? I'm not even sure what's the right term. In registration, only one certification you need to register. Only one from those clients. And then in your reporting with your income, in filing with the income tax or the quarterly percentage tax, if you're non-VAT or quarterly VAT returns, you need to report all of your income that you had issued based on the receipts that you have received or the withholding tax credit form. Okay. I'm not really good in accounting, so I'm really confused. (laughs) So there's something that you have to do quarterly and there's something you have to do annually. What's the difference? Yes. For freelancers, there are three types of taxes. The withholding tax, 
you are being withhold by your clients, that is around 5% or 10%, it depends on the income activity. And then there is value-added tax if you're VAT-registered or percentage tax if you're non-VAT-registered. And then there is income tax return. All of those, this withholding tax are being filed in behalf of you. So it has been deducted in your income. Or if you're renting, you're the one deducting. It was, this withholding tax is required to be deducted in any expenses. For example, you, you are paying rent. So you need to deduct 5% from the rent that you are paying to the landlord. For example, 10000 a month, you're paying 10000 a month. You should deduct 10%. And then you need to get a receipt from that. And then you'll be giving BIR form 2307. So that's the first tax, withholding tax. And then the second tax is the VAT return or percentage tax. So this is being filed quarterly also, but there are, for those business owners, VAT is being filed monthly on a monthly basis. So you need to pay up to 12% of the tax. But if you have expenses, receipts, you can deduct. So sales less expenses and then the net sales will be taxed 12%. So as long as you collect the BIR registered receipts for your expenses, because there are some of those who are giving receipts that are not BIR registered. So that is not valid to, to be deducted in your income. And then the percentage tax for 3%. But there is a memorandum that it is being adjusted to 1%. So that's the advantage of non-VAT. But you can't deduct any expenses. If you're non-VAT. And then, if you're freelancer, much recommended is the non-VAT registration. Because we don't have much of expenses. We don't, uh, we are not like business owners or those selling who has cost of goods or inventory or purchases that can be deducted to their sales. And then the last one is the income tax, which will be filed quarterly and annual. But all of your quarterly payments will be deducted to your annual filing. So whatever is left, that's the only tax you need to pay. Wow, that was a lot of information. <laughs> so if I'm a freelancer and I always order online, I cannot deduct it from the expenses, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. personal expenses are not considered as expenses for the business. Those are separate and distinct. So all expenses that are valid to be deducted in your income is any expenses that is related to the operation of your business. For example, the internet, the utilities, the rent, and everything. But all of the personal stuff, example, grocery, are not considered as a deduction to your income. So correct me if I'm wrong, but about the tax, we can only tax if the income is in the Philippines. Is that right? Yes. So what if I got a client when I was outside the Philippines and then I came back to the Philippines, still a freelancer. So should I file that or how should I handle it? If you got a client when you were outside the Philippines and it was only, for example, travel, and then your permanent operation of your business is really in the Philippines, you need to file that. It is only exempted if you are, for the whole year, you have been residing in that country and then you're earning there, it is being taxed there. But if your regular operation is in the Philippines, whatever you're earning, whatever income you earn, for the whole year, you are being taxed. So, okay, for example... 
because we know a lot of freelancers and that's why we are asking this question so and hopefully the listeners are really learning something here because we have to do what we have to do so for example i've been working as a freelancer for a few years now but wasn't that responsible enough to do that so should that person go back from the start that he or she started as a freelancer or you know the moment she filed that's the starting point it really depends on the bir but usually the filing of taxes will start upon the registration date so it only depends on the bir they will because there are BIRs that don't really collect whatever is from the past. But there are also BIRs that will require you to pay all of your income from the past. So it really depends. But most of the time, most cases, the filing of taxes really start from the registration of your business. But there are BIRs that, for example, you had registered your DTI, your business name, last year. And then you only register with the BIR this year. Some BIR will collect all of your income from the date of registration of your business name, of your DTI. But some only relies on the registration date. So if I want to, to, for example, I already decide to stop working as a freelancer. Is there something that I need to do to inform or file to BIR? You need to file a closure of your business or termination of registration because as long as you don't file closure or termination of your registration as a self-employed or a sole proprietor or any businesses, the taxes that you need to file, uh, you need to file every quarter are running. So that will only count as open cases. So in order to stop that, you should end date through filing closure of business. All of the obligations, as long as your teen as self-employed is existing in the system of the BIR, you are required to file or to comply. But if it has already been terminated, that's the only time you don't have any obligations anymore. So regarding filing, I just want to go back. If I'm a freelancer and I want to file as self-employed, BIR will issue official receipts for me? Yes, the documents that will be released to you are Certificate of Registration or BIR Form 2303 and then Authority to Print Receipts and then the OR booklets, Books of Accounts and then Annual Registration Fee or BIR Form 0605. So those are the documents that you will you need in order for you to be considered as BIR Registered Self-Employed or Sole Proprietor. And whenever... I invoice a foreign client, I have to issue a receipt. Is that right? Yes, 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 yes. Even if I will not be giving that to the client because they will not be using it yes. anyway. But you can give it to them because that's the only proof that they can expense their payment to you. So as long as they don't get any receipts from you as their contractor or as their outsource professional, so they can expense their payment. That will only go to the reconciling item that is non-taxable. Right. Do you recommend for freelancers, even if they're just starting out or whatnot, to hire a bookkeeper or an accountant? I would recommend them if they have a lot of time. For the meantime, they can experience it themselves to really register. But if the cost of the time that they had to spend to the PIR is 
minimal, then the cost of the time that they can entertain a client, that is a recommendation also. So don't, you should cost-benefit analysis. And then there are some mistakes. Uh, for example, I had a client that had registered themselves since they don't know the process. And then the BIR did not really instruct them very well. So they had paid a penalty. That's one of the consequences also if you'll do it yourself. If you don't have really someone who can guide you. But if you have enough time to do it, you can do it yourself. And then contact someone who can guide you. Because some of the BAR officers are not really patient enough to guide someone. Is hiring a bookkeeper expensive? It's not. Usually, I'm processing some self-employed or freelancers. At the maximum cost of registration is around 7000 So, that includes everything, even the processing fee that they had to pay me. So... Around 7000 So you mentioned everything. What are those? Sorry, because I have no clue. Registration fee, the books of accounts, the OR booklets, and all of the processes that you need to be considered registered. The cost varies depending on your registration. For example, sole proprietor, it does not cost the same as self-employed or even corporation. They are more cost. So for self-employed, that's a maximum account, 7000 but it depends on the bookkeeper whole process because some are collecting maximum of their for their processing fee. And you said that the the, the freelancer can file it on their own, right? But for yes. example, the freelancer file it on their own, but they don't know how to handle it along the way. Is it still best to to hire an accountant or a bookkeeper to do that? It is recommended if you don't know anyone who can guide you. But if you know someone who can guide you, you can do it yourself. Yeah. And this is really a good conversation because, I don't know, because I haven't found an easy way to manage your tax on your own, especially for freelancers. It's, it's quite difficult. So it's really important to, to at least know someone who knows the process. And if you don't know someone, hire someone who knows the process, <laughs> right? Yes. Because it's worth the money if you are going to spend a lot of time and then later on you would realize you're doing the wrong thing. So you just wasted your own time. Yes. So now let's move to the small business owners. Let's say milk tea business and, you know, the, the one that are really starting. So as a startup business or small business owner, what taxes do I need to pay? As a startup, you need to pay the same taxes as self-employed. The only difference is that you are required to register with the DTI. But DTI is only one-time registration. So it has an expiry of five years. And the next step is BIR. Same process with the self-employed. But the only difference is instead they need to present certification is they need to present the DTI certificate in exchange of the certification for sole proprietor. And then the next one is they need to register with the local city government, with the city hall, for the business or mayor's permit. So in all other local government certificates, for example, sanitary permit, um, fire department, and everything else. So that's only difference for the sole proprietor or, or the business owners. And then you add the barangay permit as well so there's really a lot of permits to be done yeah, yes that is part of the business permit. So how about sari sari store are they 
obliged to actually register the, the small sari-sari store? They are obliged to register. Whoever earns an income are obliged to register. It only depends on the type of registration. For sari-sari store, they are sole proprietor. Because that's what most of them doesn't know, that they really need to register not just from barangay, but also to DTI as, as well, right? Yes, it really depends on the efforts of the local city government to really require all of those sari-sari store. But there are some who can tolerate that they can only, which is barangay certificate, business certificate, are enough. So, I have a business. It's registered in DTI and the IR. It's a multi-business. But due to pandemic, we had to cease operation and we don't know when we will be able to come back. So how are we going to deal with the years? Because right now, it's like almost two years of non-operation or going to two years, I'd say. So how are we going to deal with you know the reporting and all that? Regarding on that, if it's already two years, it would be more efficient, cost-efficient if you'll have to retire your registration since there are no specific date where you can operate. There are two options about that. Number one is to retire your business. So you'll need to pay retirement fee and the sales tax for your retirement. And then the second one is you can file a non-operation or zero zero sales on your taxes, on your tax returns. You need to file it because if you don't file it, it will count as an open cases. So you'll need to pay at least 1,000 compromise penalty. So that would be the two options. But for which is more cost efficient is the retirement. Because if you retire your business, for example, in the last two years, you had retired that, you are not required to renew your business permit. If you only file non-operation, you don't have any taxes to be paid in the BA or only the registration fee, the annual registration fee, which is 500 pesos. But you need to renew your business permit with the local city government. So that would be more costly than retirement. And I really wish the day will come that the process of dealing with taxes and all that would be so easy with just a click of a finger, you know, they're trying. The BIR issues a online registration. So I just recently were looking forward for that. But some local governments, some city hall are already into online. For example, the city government of Manila, they are already into adopting the online process of business permits. And then the SEC, the SEC is already almost 100% online in the DTI. So maybe in the next, next three years, We'll go online. So as as a freelancer, it's best to hire an accountant to process my tax or a bookkeeper. For businesses or small business owners, is it the same? It's good yes. to hire someone than to do it yourself. Yes, yes. Because in exchange of the money that you are paying for someone who can do some things for you, is the time you can spend for your business. So that is something you need to weigh. If But if you have a lot of time or you want to experience it yourself, you can do it yourself. But if you, you are not really that familiar and then you don't have someone to really guide you, it's better to 
really hard someone to do it for you. How long is the process normally? How long does it take to be registered? For business owner, it would take almost one to two months. Some It depends on how delicate the, the business operation or the business line is. But for freelancers or self-employed, this time, it usually took around three weeks to one month for freelancers. But before, we can process it for one week. Only this pandemic that it will took up to one month. Because sometimes we can you need to go back after two weeks, after three weeks. That's a timeline. Mm-hmm. I've seen this a lot probably from last year until now. Especially now that PIR, they require online sellers and those, um, the live selling and online games like the crypto game Axie to actually file their taxes. How are they able to track those? They can track it in the online. There are some tech in the BIR. So they can track at all of those transactions online. Usually, they can go through the banks, your bank accounts. If there are unusual activities and then you don't ha- even have any registered business, that's a the time they can question you. So how about Axi? What kind of tax do they have to pay? Same as income tax. Whatever gains you have for your money, that will be taxed. So same thing with YouTubers and... Yes, yes. It's the same for everyone. I, I wanted to ask something because of this, uh, you know, the famous YouTuber that deleted their ah, yes. YouTube account thinking that they can get away from BIR, right? Now they are not taxable because the account is not there anymore. Does it work? Oh, I haven't encountered that yet, but I think BIR can do something about that. That's the kind of situation where they can backtrack your previous incomes, right? And I think as long as there's money coming into your account as an income, BIR can tax it. So even if they deleted their YouTube account and tried to find or work around the situation, there would still be transactions there. Yes. BIR can issue letter of authority to anyone they wanted to audit. So if that letter of authority will be given to someone, they are subject for audit and then all of their bank accounts are being exposed. So all of the transactions are questions. There is what you call bank reconciliation. If it doesn't match to your declared sales or declared income, that's where some tax or penalty are being imposed. So there's a thing. I've heard about this from a colleague of mine uh, maybe a year and a half ago that I've never really thought about it. Because, you know, when I was in Philippines, I was working for a corporate and they do everything, filing and all of that. So I don't have to worry about my own taxes. So they had this business, they registered it actually, and then they did not do the termination, the closure, the closing the business, and they did not inform the BIR and DTI. So after like two years, they actually receive a letter and they owe money for like 80,000 pesos and so they still have to pay it every month. Yes. Usually, the traditional thinking before is that what everyone thinks about is as long as you don't operate, you're not required to file taxes because you don't earn an income. But they don't realize that as long as you are registered, even if you don't earn an income, you are required to file because your registration runs whatever tax type you need to file every quarter. It runs. It, it is considered open cases. And then those systems can run indefinitely. 
as long as you don't have any activity on that, that can run indefinitely on the system of the BIR that, oh, you miss one form that you have not filed. So that's automatic 1,000 per BIR form that you have not filed. So it accumulates over time. So I would recommend for someone who are registered that every year you should try to check or generate an open case in the BIR if there are filings that are not posted or there are payments that have been missed. So you should check that if you're a business owner or a freelancer or someone who are registered with the BIR. I've seen this a lot as well when I was in Philippines that we Filipinos would try to maximize every space that we have. So let's say I have um, a laundry shop. At the same time, at the back of the laundry shop, I have a Thai massage business. At the same time, I have a Sari Sari store. How many businesses do I need to register? If it has different business names, you need to register each one of them. But if you have only one business name, you can add all of those in one registration and then state the business line. For example, you are registered initially as laundry shop. For example, you have the same name for, for all of your businesses. So you can only add that to your business line. For example, you'll add massage. You'll add sari-sari store. So that would work. And if BIR recommends that you need to register all of those three into different registration, those registration, those, for example, you had uh, the first business is laundry shop and then the next business is massage. So you'll need to register it as a branch. And then the next one is another branch. So your TIN, TIN number is the last three digits are being changed. For example, your main business is 000, and then the next one is 001, 002, and up to whatever business you can register. Okay, so one person can have different TIN number. Like, it depends on how many businesses. The same nine-digit number, only the branch code. Also, the last three digits is the branch code. Yes. Okay. Learning something new. Yeah, yeah. So I think we are at the end, but you know, with all the information you're giving us, it's really, really useful. At the same time, it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah, intimidating. And you mentioned earlier, you actually wrote a book, like a step-by-step everything. So tell us about this um, book. This is an idea that came up with me last year. So the book is entitled, Oh My Tax, and then this book will cover all of the frequently asked questions from all of the clients that I have and also those that had attended my webinar last year, the Tax 101. So we will cover all of those questions. And then the step-by-step process from the DTI to the SEC to the City Hall to the BIR, the main purpose of the book is to really guide someone, more particularly the startups, especially those from employment that had jumped into self-employment. So we will cover all of the process so they can have the option to do it themselves or to just really have an idea what if someone would process for them so they know how the process will go. So that's the main purpose of the book because based on my experience in conducting the Tax 101, the process is really simple. But what really bothers them is the anxiety about taxes, about what if I'll file and then something came up immediately, I'm being penalized. So you need to be really 
educated about taxes. So that's something. It has not been talked so much in schools because these are basic. These are the the business registration is just a basic, but it really matters because if you're not registered, nothing else come after that. So so where can they buy this book? Is it already out? Ah, I have it yet. Maybe the published date will be by January. I'm just finalizing all of the revisions from the BIR as of today because there are new memos that came in. So I need to adapt all of those. Maybe on the last quarter of 2021, I'll be working everything in writing. We have already a cover for that book. Also, the table of contents, but the contents, the writings in every chapter. So I'm finalizing it this this quarter. So maybe first quarter next year. Will they be available as an ebook or Kindle? Or... My initial plan is a hard copy of the book. And then maybe I'll, I'll publish ebook. I'll study how it works so that it can reach as many people as it can. Yeah, some of us like outside Philippines, we still want to learn how to do the tax properly when we return. Ah, yes. Part of my plan is to create a website about courses, about tax mm-hmm. in accounting. And then the book is there also. So we'll, we'll work things out. Yeah, that's a good plan really. It's a really a good initiative because we need a lot of people like you to help us manage our taxes, something that it's not really common to understand by ordinary people. So we really need to have a lot of passionate accountants out there to help us manage our taxes. So for someone who would be interested to get in touch with you regarding, you know, with the accounting and the taxes side of their business or their, their freelancing gigs, how they can reach out to you? They can message me on my Facebook page, Millennial Startups PH. That's the first purpose of the page, which is the tax accounting. And then secondary is the financial advisory. So so it goes hand in hand because I have witnessed some startups are not really financially literate. And they can also reach my personal Facebook account, Bien Santillan, the one that the, has Dubai cover. Yes, so there's a lot of ways to reach out to you. So people out there, if you're listening, try to reach out to Vien so that we will be able to be responsible in our taxes. So there you have it. Thank you so much, Vien, for sharing your expertise, your insights with us. And this is really a a, a great conversation, although it's kind of overwhelming. If you can only see our faces, it's like, our head has already blown because <laughs> something like we tried to avoid in college accounting classes. But anyhow, this is really important, especially if you are a responsible adult. You take care of your taxes and your finances. You really have to file your taxes. So there you have it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vien. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And once again, this is the latest episode of Where the F. Am I heading? This is Ruth. And this is Irene. Bye. Bye. So that's all we have for you today. Thank you for listening. If you're interested in anything and everything about adulting, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at where.the.f.m.i.heading. Catch us again next Wednesday for another episode of Where the F Am I Heading? <laughs> <laughs>